1: ready after 39 long years the cup is back home the
0: Bruins are 2011
1: Stanley Cup champions hello everyone and welcome to episode 23 of Bruins Beat brought to you by on radio I'm Mike London on side as always and news, that the in review and the weekly news about the Bruins and it's been a very very bad two weeks for the Bruins now as, as just a few weeks back the Bruins were you know in first place battling for the top spot in the Atlantic Division and how, how times have changed in just two weeks, but we should have saw it coming with this Bruins team because, you know, they've been doing this all season long with the up and down, the roller coaster, the Jekyll and Hyde type mentality, but of course, you know, we get all caught up in the moment after the trade deadline where the Bruins start playing good teams, start playing well, and then all of a sudden, here we are with seven games left, and the Bruins are in a battle for their lives for the playoffs.
0: Hey, Mike, what did I say last week? Before we even had this discussion, when you said that the Bruins were guaranteed to be in the playoffs last week,
1: uh, I did guarantee that, but I still think they're gonna make it. To be honest, I, I'm clinging to like the last, this. the last little tiny bit I have left. I guess you can say, but
0: I'm not anymore. <laughs> i just, I, I, you know what? They, they should make the playoffs, but I'm not gonna cling to that hope because really. There's that major part of me that wants them to miss it for the sake of getting rid of Julian and really making the changes that they need to start making. And and I think making it and getting it into some sort of run gives them false hope, and we're just in for us constantly. I, I,
1: I hear you on that point because I I've, I've, part of me does feel the same way. Of like, I feel like if they don't get in, the Neely and Sweeney will be looked at to be like, well, th- you, this is this is year two now. Year one, you told us to give you told hey, have some patience. This is year two now. You missed the playoffs in back-to-back years with the with the talent that you have on this team. You have talent. You have Bergeron. You have Marchand. You have Rask. You have good core players in their prime on this team. There's no reason the Bruins should miss the playoffs two years in a row. But you know what? If they do, Sweeney and Neely, you better get your act together because Bruins fans are not going. Bruins fans are not going to put up with this. Bruins fans are. They won't care. I guess the Bruins have been hurting in season ticket renewals and. And uh, stuff like that because people don't want to pay for them anymore because people don't trust in this team. Because you know what? There's no reason to trust in this team. They they don't give you a consistent effort game in and game out. The only player that seems to play his ass off every single game is Bolesky. And I know people are going to say Bergeron, but I, I understand Bergeron does. I'm, I'm, I'm excluding Bergeron from a, this group. I'm saying besides Bergeron, it's Bolesky. He's the only player that seems to care and show up every single game and give his all for his team. Other than that, you have one game where it's this player, one game where it's this player, one game where it's like, what the hell is this team doing? And so I hear you on that. So if the Bruins don't make the playoffs, Sweeney and Neil to looked at it and say, you better figure this out and quickly because this could be a very, very long stretch for the Bruins and the Bruins fans if you don't figure it out.
0: And this is how I feel. I'm going to say this straightforward. you got Claude Julian playing dumpster fire like Jimmy Hayes and Brett Connolly over David Pasternak. You're moving Pasternak down and it's, and it's getting frustrating. These he needs to stop. These younger players need to go in, not these dumpster fire fourth line guys that should be down, down in Providence. Like I, Hayes isn't that good. I understand if he needs
1: to bench Pashnik for having a turnover and stuff like that. I understand that. But two, when you're down two goals against Florida, and Pashnik's one of your better goal scorers, what does it matter if you hey, if he turns the puck over? You need goals. It doesn't. You know, it doesn't matter. You need goals. You you can't. You're not gonna win, Claude, without putting passion out there to create some offense. It's not gonna happen. I'm sorry. If Florida scores again, it still doesn't matter because you need goals. You're not trying to let up goals. You're trying to score goals because you're down. You're losing. You need to catch up. You're about to lose five games in a row, and you did lose five games in a row. The first, and surprisingly, as bad as the Bruins have been all year, it's the first time the Bruins have lost five games in a row all season long.
0: And do you re- do you remember the exact comparison of last year? Where did the Bruins lose last year on the same time? It of was year? right
1: around this time.
0: Yep, six games in a row last year. So, and this is how they missed the playoffs. So, you know, I'm kind of sitting here like, okay, we're in the same exact position we were last year. Why do we want Claude, even if they make the playoffs? I, it's time for Cole to go. He is the longest tenured coach in the league right now. The, the, we need the change. We need the change in mentality. We need the change in the way we play. We can't be keeping Claude around. It's a bad mistake. Yeah. The same I, get, I get into and this mistake.
1: I get into this with my with my friends a decent amount too about how I think Claude Julian should go. And they're all they're all like, Oh, like you know, he's the most winningest coach in Bruins history and he's had the most success in the past seven or eight years. And I look at Claude Julian personally, this is my personal thing. I think he's overrated. I mean, if you look at it, the Bruins have been a cup favorite for what? Probably eight the last eight years or so. They've been considered one of the cup favorites. They've only won it. A- yes, they
0: were, but this was but you know when before Julian took this team over and before Neely took this team over this team was beginning to be built by somebody else.
1: It was built and by so somebody acqu-
0: else. So they got these acquired players from somebody else. It was
1: built by this- someone else. The only players that yeah, the whole pretty much the entire team was built by someone else.
0: And now you're watching what Neely's Neely's doing with it and you can see the results beginning to show in the last 2 years. That when they get newer, younger players, they can't develop.
1: Well, I mean, technically, I think the, the new young, de- younger developing players to not be like put into the lineup, per se, is because of Peter Shirelli's drafting. I think his drafting has been absolutely horrendous, and you can just go back and look at it because there's no really, there's no one on this team that's that's really been drafted by Peter Shirelli, and it's horrible to to say because you were a GM for this team for seven to eight years, and you don't have one draft pick on this team. That is horrible
0: horrible yes and that goes on Shirelli but then you know you have to look at Julian and the way he's coaching and it's mostly the younger players when in the yes the Bruins have a personnel issue I get that but Julian is not playing the younger players he's not giving these players a chance to develop and I'm telling you when you look back at it now we discussed this back in our back what was it October when the Bruins got crushed by the Stars Tyler saying it's going to be the biggest mistake that this team has made
1: Oh, by far! I was not board on that. I've never been a fan of that trade since day one. Never, never, never.
0: You I was at first, but looking back on right now, over the last couple of years, I'm, I'm, I'm even the first, the first to admit I was wrong. Tyler Sagan, kid, getting rid of him, it was a huge mistake. The kid's
1: twenty. The kid, the kid was 20, 21 years old at the time they got rid of him. Twenty, twenty-one. The kid, and he was still one of the better players in the Bruins. The kid is immature. Like, yeah, I understand that, but. He's twenty eight years old in the NHL. Cut the kids some slack. I, I always compared it to Pat Kane. When Patrick Kane first came up in the NHL with Chicago, he was beating up cab drivers. He was partying at colleges getting blackout drunk. And I said, did Chicago trade him? No. They tried to get him help. They reeled him in because they realized, okay, he's a future star in this league. We can't lose him. So let's try and help him. But what do the Bruins do? Nah, he's too much of a concern off the ice, you know, he parties too much, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. We're gonna get rid of him. And to get rid of him for what they got rid of him for? Louis Erickson, who's gonna be a free agent after this year, is probably gonna walk. And if the Bruins do sign him after this year, it would be a huge mistake. I'm gonna lose
0: I'm gonna lose it if they sign him. Because
1: he's been horrible after the since the trade deadline. He's been terrible. Have you even noticed Louis Erickson since the trade deadline?
0: Have you no. <laughs> you no. haven't it's even noticed horrible. him. He's
1: been irrelevant. He's been useless.
0: And it's, been this, and it's been this team. Now you're looking at this team who we've been seeing all along, and the Bruins should make the playoffs. You got Toronto and New Jersey coming up, and I'm even going to question those games because I don't think the Bruins have what it takes to get past New Jersey.
1: I'm questioning the Toronto game. The Toronto game, they have one of the best coaches in the NHL, Mike Babcock. They have. And they're playing loose. They're, Toronto's
0: playing loose have, right now. It Babcock matter. just told yeah.
1: them to go. They could lose. They're playing just to play. They have pretty much all their AHL young talent playing right now who don't know. Anything because they're not playing for the playoffs. They're just, you know, they're going out there, they're playing hard for their coach, they're trying to play for spots on the team next year because obviously they're gonna look at Babcock and the management to be like, Okay, this kid can play, this kid can't. I wanna be I wanna roster spot next year. So they're working their asses off right now. So I mean Toronto's been beating some good teams as of late too. They beaten Tampa recently. They beat Anaheim, which Boston couldn't do. Let me point let me be
0: the first to point
1: that out. And so that's what I mean. They've been beating good teams. So you look at it and you say, "I'm not even sure if they can beat Toronto."
0: And the losses to Tampa, to uh, Florida, and New York, speak for themselves. Four to one, four to one. The offense isn't going right now for us. I question whether this team has what it takes.
1: And this is what I and this is what I mean. Louis Erickson was supposed to be this, you know, thirty-goal scorer, one of the best offensive players on this team. He has been useless in the stretch run. Useless when we needed him the most. Oh, it's all—it's crazy Scoring twenty goals in the first, you know, fifty or so games when. The season's not, when you're not under pressure. But now the pressure's starting to ramp up, and where the hell is Louis Erickson?
0: And this is why I don't want the team to make the playoffs. This is why I've been kind of staying all, most of the way all along, minus a few switches. But, you know, for the most part, all along, it's, but from episode one, I said, there was a part of me that would hope that they wouldn't make the playoffs because I wanted Julian to go. I wasn't happy with Julian staying in the first place. I
1: wasn't either. I, I wrote an article on C N S Radio. All the way back last year, when I first started covering the Bruins for the CLNS Radio, I I wrote, Claude Julian shouldn't be the coach of this team.
0: You can't coach a team with a new GM. You can't have the same coach.
1: He, I mean, I don't understand why. I mean, there, there was a rumor that they said they decided to keep Julian just because they didn't want him to go to Buffalo and keep him in the same division. So, I get that. But once Buffalo, Ohio, Dan Bosma, I would have canned Julian right there on the spot.
0: I wouldn't even worry about the contract. I would have just, you know, yes, they know that there's a lot of coaches that are now that aren't proven, but with a young team, I would go with a young, unproven coach.
1: Well, look at you, said, like, you, you brought this up before. Detroit called up their AHL coach. They seem to be doing just fine.
0: They seem to be holding their own. I'm actually quite impressed with Detroit for a team that just called up the AHL Tampa, coach. Tampa
1: Bay's coach, John Cooper, wasn't even in the NHL before Tampa Bay hired him. You know what? He, I think he's he's one of the better coaches in the NHL right now.
0: And Cassidy's doing a great job of Providence.
1: Also, you want to bring up another another young coach? How about the team, that, the two teams that in the battle with for the playoffs? You know what Philadelphia's coaches?
0: Hackstall. I like.
1: You know where he came from? North Dakota. You know why? You know This because they're coaching somewhere else doesn't mean they're not good coaches. Doesn't mean yeah. Like just because people are like, people always say to me, people always say to me, if, if you want Julian fired, who do you hire? I go. First of all, a young coach. I go. It's not my job to find out who the next coaches of the next of the next Bruins team is and I always bring up you know Detroit called up their AHL coach they're doing just fine Hackstall's the new coach of Philadelphia you know they're improving now and then you got um like I said Cooper I said no one even knew who John Cooper was before he got hired by Tampa Bay and I mean only I said no one really that watches the NHL I mean you would have known John Cooper if you followed the game intensely like but like,
0: who's Florida's coach
1: uh what's his name um I forget his name, but he's not even. I mean, I'm gonna look it up right now. But he hasn't really been a big, big name coach in the NHL.
0: Like he's coaching Florida first place in the division, and Florida's playing pretty good.
1: Good that point right there too. So you don't need a big time coach just to,
0: you know, win. You need a coach that's young and that wants to work with the with the players, and a younger coach that's unproven that has something to prove understands the mindset of the younger players. That's kind of the mindset that i go with. That's the kind of coach that I would go for. You see it with Philadelphia. You're seeing it with Detroit. That seems to be the formula that's working for these young, up-and-coming teams. Yeah, I just don't... In, in, in a crazy way, I have been rooting for Philadelphia. Because I mentioned Philadelphia a while ago. I have been rooting for them. That given they played Colorado earlier this, earlier on Thursday when the Bruins lost, they were down 2-1 to one in the third period. You know what happened? They came back and won.
1: Yeah, and the Bruins have not been able to do that. Not at one bit.
0: How many points have the Bruins left on the table between October and now when it comes to those two goal leads that they gave up?
1: Yes, yeah, so that's a good point there, too, because if they didn't give up those points, you're probably looking at the Bruins well in the playoff picture by now.
0: That's and that's what I'm saying. It's an entirely different story. You know, we can make any argument you want when it comes to the Bruins making the playoffs. My argument for them not making the playoffs is that they haven't shown it. They haven't shown that will to win. They haven't. They give up they fold. They, you know what, we'll go into this replay thing a little bit later, but after that replay, when it didn't work, again, work for them, they folded. They absolutely quit against Florida. You saw that immediately.
1: Uh, I also want to touch on quickly is um, you know, we touched on Louis Erickson and how he's done nothing since the trade deadline. We talked about David Krejci last week and how he needs to show up and he still hasn't showed up this week. And I think Louie Erickson and Krejci kind of go hand in hand because they're line mates, but The thing is, Krejci has a proven history of playing big in big games, like in the playoffs. He's played big, he's scored some big goals, he's he's set up some great plays. Louis Erickson hasn't, and that's why I'm more all over Erickson than I am Krejci, because Krejci's won a Stanley Cup, he's led the Bruins in playoff scoring. Both years, the Bruins made it to the Stanley Cup. So I know sometimes Krejci goes missing and he doesn't play well, and you sit there and you shake your head and you go, what the hell is Krejci doing? I'm more concerned about Erickson because what has Erickson proven in the NHL ever?
0: Not Erickson. hasn't proven anything. My argument when it comes to Krejci has to do with the fact that he started off great this season. He got injured, came back, and hasn't been the same player since. I think he's still a little bit injured, but I think he's kind of just not telling anyone. No, I, I just don't think I don't think he's the same player, and that worries me too because he's a player who I would say I wouldn't hesitate to trade over the offseason I, if he's... I wouldn't, I
1: wouldn't look for a trade, but if someone calls you and, and you know has sets up a good trade for you where you can get a few
0: back, t- like a- if 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 they if somebody wants to set up a stupid trade for Krejci, you take it. Yeah, if they want to give top gun defenseman or like a because a- because right now the Bruins aren't in the playoffs, aren't well, might not make the playoffs for Krejci anyway. You gotta kind of keep that mindset. They missed the playoffs the last, missed the playoffs the last two years with all the talent they have. So big changes have to be made, whether we like it or not.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that. Also, um, but uh, the another thing I'm worried about, too, is if the Bruins do trade Krejci, I'm not sure Ryan Spooner can step in as the number two center role. And I know he looked good early on, and he was playing well, but I also think that attributed to the power play playing well early on, too. Remember how the Bruins' power play was ranked number one for quite some time in this league? Yes. I just think it was that Ryan Spooner benefited greatly from playing on the power play. And I know he scored the other day against Florida, but... You look at Ryan Spooner, and you just say, I don't think he's a, he's a top-end top, top end player. I just don't. And I had high hopes for him. I wanted him to be. But I just don't trust Ryan Spooner as a top-two-line top, top, top two line center.
0: I think you have a decent argument. The um, only thing I'd say I'd put in Spooner's favor is the fact, well, I want to go into coaching and blame coaching on this one, too, because it's just the way the Bruins are when it comes to developing players. But I wonder how... I just wonder what this team would be like, and these players would be playing like if they, if they had a different coach. But right now, with the coach that we have, I agree with you point on Spooner.
1: And yeah, Jason, I just really don't see Ryan Spooner evolving into you know a top two center. So if the Bruins do want to trade Krejci, if the other team you know gives them something of value, I understand they're getting rid of Krejci. But I, I wouldn't trust Ryan Spooner as a second line center. And I know some people are gonna look at the points and be like, "Well, he has a decent amount of points," you know, he's good setup man, and I'm like, yeah, but if you haven't noticed, this he hasn't really done much. Since the power play kind of hasn't been playing well, what has what Spooner really done?
0: Hey, this, this is the perspective I'm going to go with. and This isn't about anything more than the fact that if the Bruins do not make the playoffs this year, I can honestly tell you I do not look at the Bruins like a playoff team in the future going into the, the year after. So I'm thinking that they need to work and start going younger meaning bringing up the players from Providence and just letting them play without the expectation of the playoffs. I think that if they don't make it this year, I think it's over. Well, they
1: should have done that this year. That was the issue. Is the Bruins should have done that this year because once they traded Luchik, they traded Hamilton, and they got draft pick back, draft picks back and young players back, you go, okay. I mean, it kind of looks like a rebuilding year to me, doesn't it? Didn't, you, didn't it look like a rebuilding year from the beginning when they traded Luchik and Hamilton?
0: It's how it was supposed to be. They, they, that's what that's what the uh, Bruins told us it was going to be, and then they looked good going into the trade deadline. So they decided we're not trying go for it, and then they wasted four p- four picks to possibly miss the playoffs anyway.
1: Yeah, that's where I'm aggravated by is they. I mean, Stepanek's been good for the team, and
0: Miles is out. Just so you know, I think he's out for the, like at least two years. Yeah, games. he didn't
1: travel with the team on the road trip. As of now, he stayed back in Boston to get further evaluation, which obviously isn't a good sign when a player stays back and you know doesn't travel with the team. Doesn't seem like he's gonna be traveling anytime soon, so we'll have to wait and see about that. And I think Stepniak's been a good pickup for the Bruins. But the problem I have with Stepniak is the Bruins could have had him in the offseason for nothing. And they didn't sign him. They let him go. He signed with New Jersey. Like that's what's frustrating about that. So you give up two picks for Stepniak, who I think has been, you know, a lot better than Connolly on that line. But you gave up two picks for him when you could have just had him for nothing.
0: No, you know, and that's what I mean. They could have had him nothing. They could have done a lot more with this team. And you know, yes, these issues are from Charlie. But why can't we? Why can't management just accept the fact that this Bruins team is going to have to rebuild? They're going to be an awful team. Next year, they're not going to be a good team.
1: Well, it's going to wait and see, depending on their you know offseason moves. But as of right now, how do you look at this team and say they're going to be any better next year? You have Chara getting a year older. You have Seinberg, who's a shell of himself. They still don't have defensemen. So, I mean, I don't see how you can look at next year's team and say they're going to be better.
0: I can't. I mean, McQuaid, even McQuaid, you know, since he's had that injury, he's been struggling.
1: And Kevin miller guard off. Well, We already talked about that on this show.
0: Then you've got Brett Connolly and Jimmy Hayes, who are dumpster fires. Yeah. No they, offense. I know people might disagree with me on Jimmy Hayes, but I, I think Jimmy Hayes is almost worse than Brett Connolly at this point. The, both of them have really been
1: really bad for this team. They were supposed to be, you know, solid contributors. Like, I know they weren't supposed to be, like, mm-hmm top go-to guys, but they were supposed to be solid contributors, and neither of them have contributed. And Hayes anything.
0: is a Sweeney guy. Just keep that in mind. Yes, he
1: is. Connolly's not. Hayes is.
0: So, so, when you look at the, what Sweeney's done this year, you know, pretty much Matt Bolesky looks good. And that's probably one of the
1: only things he's done right, is Matt Bolesky.
0: Which is a not a good sign.
1: No, it's not. And I think blaski has been good for this team, but you don't look at Matt Bolesky as, like, a go-to guy for this team.
0: He's not going to be a difference maker. He's, he's but a good role player. But this is what you mean by the Bruins the ownership needs to step in and say, Okay, big changes need to be made. If, if ownership wants this team in the playoffs that badly, they need to make big changes. Yeah, but and we better and I have a gut feeling NHL expansion might help this process too.
1: Yeah, but expansion won't be for another two years, so we'll, have, we'll see on that. But I mean the the Bruins need to do something next in this next offseason. I think this next offseason is, is nearly in Sweeney's biggest Biggest offseason is next
0: offseason. Biggest thing is getting rid of Julian. I mean, for me, I think that's the most important thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit skeptical if they're going to get rid of him, like, just from, you know, looking at it from Sweeney and Neely's perspective. But, I mean, I've I've said to get rid of Julian, too. I I wouldn't be hesitant to get rid of him just because, you know, he's he's a good coach. Don't get me wrong. He's a good coach. I just think his system is out of date. His system doesn't work anymore for this team. For this type of team, it doesn't work.
0: Not when you're rebuilding with young guys. You can't coach a coach or doesn't want to change. It keeps on playing the Brett Connelly's and the Jimmy Hayes's on these second and third lines, and they're not good enough. Jimmy Hayes and Brett Connolly should be out in Providence or on waivers.
1: I agree. That's how – I agree. And
0: that's what it should be.
1: And, you know, Vetrano gets called – Let some
0: other team pick up their contracts.
1: If gets called up, you know – great for trying to get. And, he and makes then, the
0: difference but he's sitting on the third line too and Julian started him on the fourth yeah, line originally. He definitely
1: to say he started him on the fourth line. Why? He's, and Neil, ridiculous. and Neil even said he's not a fourth line player.
0: He's he ridiculous. Has, he's a second or first line player. You need to play him first line minutes. I wouldn't say
1: first line minutes, but he's got to be in the top nine.
0: Well, second line. I'm more, I'm more thinking I'm more thinking of Krejci, Erickson, or whatever Past that line, that second line, he needs to be playing those minutes.
1: Like he, he's not he, he's been he scored 33 goals in 33 games in the AHL. How are you going to put him on the fourth line playing a defensive shutdown role? It's not his job. Achari playing on the fourth line is fine because he's a penalty killer. He's a big body. He hits. He he plays the responsible in the defensive zone. Petrino a goal scorer. You don't put him on the fourth line.
0: It's just it's it's ridiculous. And this is again my argument why Claude needs to go. It's because of the way he handles the personnel.
1: I mean, granted, he finally moved them up because he didn't have a choice. Because but he moved
0: Pasternak down.
1: I know it's it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. I'm with See, I'm with you on Julian. You're not gonna
0: you're not gonna hear me. I don't care what happens if they make the playoffs. Julian needs to go. I'm just I'm done. I don't want to deal with this next year. You make it hard to root for a team when a coach refuses to make the proper changes. Or at least to take the risk to make the proper changes. Like, why? I'd rather the Bruins fail with the younger players than. Like being why mediocre. were Connolly
1: and, and Hayes both in the lineup against Florida? Why? I understand that. You, I mean, you, you sat Ferraro. And I understand Ferraro is not anything special either. But at least Ferraro has some speed. At least Ferraro, you know, can tell me to kill. At least sometimes Ferraro stands out. Why Connolly and Hayes both play, is beyond me.
0: It's ridiculous. It's just, it's, and this is why I, this is why I do not want the team making the playoffs. This is why I found myself the last eight games rooting for this team to lose so they don't make the playoffs.
1: I mean, I just like playoff hockey so much personally that I hope, I'm clinging on that they're going to make it. I think they have enough there to make it. But, I mean, I mean, I know I said to you earlier on in these shows that, you know, the Bruins have played good against season conference, you know, you, I don't see why you can't see him going making a little bit of a run and now I'm, I'm not, I I think they're going to get in the playoffs but I don't see them making any sort of run whatsoever.
0: See, and I just th- I think Detroit's going to overtake them. For, for, I think that with the schedule with the schedule being the way it is, I think St. Louis and Chicago are going to crush them. I don't care if it's on the road. I wouldn't be shocked if Toronto or New Jersey won if any of those games are when the Bruins uh, the Bruins are going to they're going to sink.
1: Yeah, they're on a losing streak of five right now, and you know,
0: and they suck at home. So the last three home games are gonna be losses, right then and there.
1: They, I know, it, isn't it mind blowing how bad this team is at home? I don't understand how they're so bad at home. We went over it last week about teams in the playoffs records at home and the Bruins record at home. It's like, what is going on?
0: Here, I think losing to Roberto Luongo at home is the tipping point.
1: It, it's I just don't understand. I just don't get it. I don't understand. Why this team is so bad at home. Claude gets all the matchups he wants. He gets Bergeron out there against the other team's best line. He gets Krejci out there against the other team's, you know, not as good as, uh, not like, I, I don't understand. I don't get it. Why this team is so bad at home. Maybe Claude should stop trying to match the lines because on the road you can't match the lines as much because it's harder because the other team gets second change. So maybe Claude should just stop matching lines and just play.
0: He needs the coaches if his job is on the line. He needs to show urgency. Just, I'd let the players play. Stop making it about matchups. That's what I'm saying. Just go out there and let them play. Just go. Just go. See what you got. At this point. See what you got. Just go. I mean, I'm not even reliant on Tuka Rask anymore. I mean, this team quits. And and the big thing about Tim Thomas is that he didn't quit. (laughs) And that's the difference between two goaltenders. I even if 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 a team wanted to get stupid crazy and give me something good for Tuka Rask, I would take that too.
1: I mean, I wouldn't say anyone on this team is really untouchable, besides maybe Bergeron. But I don't think
0: Rask is going anywhere, and
1: I think Rask is a go- good goaltender. I just think sometimes
0: he's a good goaltender. I just don't think he's gonna win a cup. Yeah, but you can say that about twenty, like, almost twenty 26- six. You can say that about every goaltender I know. You can say that about every single one of them. But I think from the mentality, I don't think he's got the heart. I mean, he he,
1: he was two games away from, in forty, you know, seventeen seconds away from going to a game seven of the Stanley Cup Finals.
0: True, but I think since the Stanley Cup Finals, it's been a different mindset. It's...
1: I mean, I also think the Bruins, are, you know, haven't had as good of teams in front of them since that year. So, I mean, I know they were good the next year when they won the President's Trophy, and I just think they choked against Montreal. I mean, I, I wouldn't say as a, a whole team they choked, not just two Rask.
0: No, true. It was the whole team. I just And then think, last no. year they
1: weren't that good. This year they aren't that good. So I mean you would say Rask isn't gonna lead them to a Stanley Cup, but the teams since Rask has taken over as his number one goaltender, <laughs> the teams are awful.
0: But no, I just I don't have that much faith in Tugarask from what i from what I've seen lately. Just if the Bruins they, they as a team, they quit. And I think as a Goaltenders, the a goaltenders job to be a really big leader and I just don't have that kind of faith. And I, and I could be proven wrong about that too. He could get they could get a new coach, get a spark, and then bang, go to the cup. But I just I, want, I, just, I just think want, this team
1: personnel wise is far away from the cup. And I wouldn't say it's on Tucker
0: It's not completely on Tucker no. But personnel wise they don't have a team that's gonna make a cup for a while. Which sucks because Theref- therefore, behind. I think if you, therefore, I think if you can get the uh, get the right price for ask, you take it. All right. Well, let's get into a little bit of the game
1: breakdowns here. Uh, you know, the Bruins w- finish up their road trip from California, playing Wednesday night in New York. And I'm not saying the refs are to blame for this game. I'm not. But in the first period, the Bruins went down two nothing. The Bruins tied up. Enough- the, the penalty on Krejci, I, I don't understand that penalty at all. If they're calling that, we need to really, you know, reconsider watching hockey or something because that was one of the worst penalty calls I've ever seen in my entire life. And it, it gives the Rangers a 2 nothing lead early into the game. And you sit there, you go, 2 nothing Rangers, this game's over. There's no way the Bruins are coming back. There's no way. The Bruins had an opportunity to make it 1-1. Brad Marsham was off sides, and the Rangers challenged it, and... Matt Marshim was offsides by this, but was offsides. He was. this time. It was
0: very clear. Yeah, this
1: time he was, so I have no problem with it. But it's just this replay rule is so stupid. It's so dumb. I mean, Marsham was offsides, but it wasn't like they scored, like, you know, right off of that rush. You know what I mean? They were in the zone for, like, 20 seconds or so.
0: No, exactly. I'm not going to argue that one too much, but, you know, New York was smart. <laughs> No, they I were def- smart. They were paying attention.
1: Definitely, had Someone paying attention and said Marsham was offside, challenged that, whatever. But I mean, so the Bruins, the Bruins have have calls go against them in the first period. They're down two nothing. The Rangers come out in the third period, and make it three nothing. The Bruins finally get on the board, Stepniak, and then the Bruins had an opportunity to make it three to two with Stepniak shooting the puck into into Lundqvist's glove which was clearly in the net. I don't understand how they can say that wasn't in the net because his glove was clearly in the net. They review it, no goal. So the Bruins have literally gotten screwed by the referees this game. I'm not saying the Bruins would have won otherwise. I think the Rangers were a better team. I don't think the Bruins played that well, to be honest. I don't think the Bruins played well. But you look at it and you go, this review thing, it's just taken away from the game because Longo's glove is – I mean, not longo Bunquist's glove is in the net. Anyone with eyes can see that. Did you see that, Jason? Because his eyes were—I mean, his glove was in the net.
0: Now his glove was in the net. That was very, very, very clear. And I think that when you're looking at it, looking at it from an iPad, and I think it's ridiculous for the NHL to be using iPads when they have the money to pay for more better technology. Dude, um, all
1: right, I, I, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off there, but you notice how when someone in the NFL challenges something, the rascal legit under a hood—they have like a legit, a legitimately like TV they look at. And the NHL, yeah, no NHL so. refs are looking at stupid iPads that are the size of an iPhone five.
0: It's ridiculous.
1: They might be bit, they might as well be looking at a, 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 their
0: own their own cell phone screen. Exactly. No, it's it's ridiculous. And I think replay is gonna. And I think replay has ruined all sports.
1: And it's just, just in it, general, it just gives you no human element to the game. Where you like when you look at that, as a, as a as a player. As a coach, as someone that's just watching the game, you go, oh, that, that puck's in the net. His glove's in the net. That should be a goal.
0: Yeah, it should be. And if we didn't have replay, the refs would probably have just called it no goal and let it go. But because of replay, you have to have that. Is as is our conclusive evidence, and it was just it, it's just dumb. Yeah, it's definitely dumb. I mean, that's the best way of describing it. I had, you know... I kind of just looked at it and said to myself, it wasn't going to be a goal based on the way that it looked on the replay, and I knew yeah, that. let to was be a... honest,
1: the way the call has been going against them this year, I, I figured it was wasn't going to be a goal anyways. So I was like, it's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, and it and it didn't and it didn't really have too much of an effect on the game because in reality the Bruins are playing awful anyway.
1: Yeah, so I don't like I said I don't think it was like the the main point of the Bruins' loss. I just think it's kind of frustrating how every call this year has been going against them.
0: Yeah, no. It seems like the refs are against the Bruins this year, and I think that. And I almost want to say, I hope not, but it's almost like the the NHL is rigged. Like they're trying to keep the Bruins out of the playoffs.
1: But so the Bruins end up losing to this game. You know, the, Rangers, the Bruins did score a goal to, to make it a little bit interesting. I don't think it was a lot interesting to make it four to two. The Bruins. The Bru, I mean, the, this game just wasn't in the cards for them. So they go. You know, on the on the road trip, go own four. So and the best part about going 0-4 on a road trip is you looked at them and you said, Okay, the Bruins are playing Florida the next night at home. You know, they'll get right back at it. They have an opportunity to
0: go the Luongo Lowanga on that. Exactly. <laughs> they score the first goal of the game.
1: Like, yeah, you the the first period you all charged them fifteen to five. You go, okay, great. The Bruins showed up, they're ready to play. Like you said, they scored the first goal of the game, and then and all of a sudden, it's like, why, why do the Bruins do this? They play, you know, 20 to 25 good minutes, and then all of a sudden, it's like they forgot how to play. Oh, the other team, you know, notches up a little bit because, like, you know, steps in the gas a little bit because they're down, and the Bruins just cave and go into a
0: shell. Yep. And this has been the case since game one, when they played Winnipeg, if you remember that first game against Winnipeg, which I do quite well. And I'm going to tell you right now, this Florida game, the player that impressed me the most was Vincent Trocheck, and he is a difference maker for the Florida Panthers. For the Panthers.
1: Yeah, he he has been, you know, one of the. I think he's been great, and he stood out the last game the Bruins played in in Florida too. Trocheck did.
0: And how about Riley Smith scoring 24 goals this year?
1: And, you know, I, I don't want to hammer.
0: The Bruins are trading Riley Smith. I, we we can't because nobody was against it at the time. I'm not gonna even bother hammering the Bruins on this one. It's just wouldn't it be nice to have him back?
1: But the, the what they got for him though, like like the trade itself, you you can look back and say you know the Bruins didn't get a good return. Or you know nope. they didn't trade him to the right team. Like I mean, you, you trade him to an in division team. Usually you don't trade within your division unless you're like making like a really big trade. I just don't understand why they you know that really happened. Like why you trade him there. But you know what, I'm not gonna sit there and blame him, but it's just you know, Riley Smith were an assistant captain for the Panthers. It's like <laughs> cre- it's like clearly he you know, he wasn't as bad as the Bruins, you know, he was last year.
0: No, he's not, he's improved. But you saw that with the other player that comes to mind comes to mind constantly is Blake Wheeler. The Bruins traded him young and he's improved in Winnipeg.
1: Yeah, but I'm not gonna hand with him for that trade either because that year they didn't win the cup. So, they got
0: Rich they True. Got Rich
1: Peverly, who I think was one of the a big parts of them winning a cup, too. So. Yes,
0: and that was a smart move, because Rich Peverly did help the Bruins win the cup. So, that's why you really can't hammer them. You look at Blake Wheeler, and it's like, wouldn't it be nice to have him back someday?
1: Yeah, he's playing great in Winnipeg. He really is.
0: And it's been great to see for him.
1: But, you know, so like I said, you, you're, you're very more than, like you said, excuse me, mention Charter has been impressing you. So, the Florida scores the next two goals. One of them shorthanded because I don't know what the hell Louis Erickson was doing trying to back up on the play. I have no idea. No idea. And then he roosted over Rask's glove. So the Florida was up 2-1. to one. And you sit there and you go, okay, here we go.
0: Here we go again, the Bruins. It's the Bruins. And then the biggest hose job I've seen this entire season happen.
1: Biggest hose job ever. Was Bergeron had the puck in the net. You could clearly see the puck in the net. You could clearly see it in the net.
0: You could see it with your iPhone. Yes, you could. It was clear as Oh, thing. but
1: we couldn't see the puck over the, over the line. We, but- we couldn't see any white stuff in the puck, you know, the, the white ice. Shut up. You, if anyone with, with two eyes can see that the puck's in the net.
0: It's a judgment call based on the picture. It was clearly in the net. That should have been a 2-2 game. And that would have not really changed the complexion of the game. It really did. But... It didn't it's not the reason the Bruins lost.
1: No, it's not. Like you said, like I said, the, with the Rangers game, the refs weren't the reason the Bruins lost in either of the games, but that was just a big hose job there. It's like how are you gonna do that? Like what how are you gonna call that no goal? I don't understand.
0: And that's how you know that the NHL needs to find ways to figure out what's the goal. And they need and this is where a replay is awful and they need to go back to this human element. Let the humans be wrong once in a while without a replay.
1: Yeah, definitely, because this replay rule is getting ridiculous. It's like, like, if you're a Florida Panthers fan player, how do you see that and say that's like? How are you gonna complain if the refs call that a goal? You're not gonna. No,
0: really, you're not going to at all. And you know the Panthers fans were very happy about that because it worked against the Bruins. But not even a minute later, the Bruins Bruins got a penalty and gave up a goal. And that's what I mean by. The Bruins quitting. They quit. They fold.
1: Yeah. After that, it gets tough.
0: They fold. After that,
1: the Bruins get up too many men on the ice penalty. Florida scores in the power play. What do you know? They're down
0: 3-1. to one, And
1: it just... That's the game. That's the game. They quit. And
0: there was no fight. And that's when people have really started saying that the Bruins are not going to make the playoffs. Because it's becoming clear that they're not going to make the playoffs. That Red Wings game at the end of the season is going to be very big.
1: It's the biggest game on their schedule right now, to be honest. I think you, yep. you can, it, yep. but you know what, the Bruins have sucked against everyone. So I mean, is it really the biggest game on the
0: schedule? Well, it's going to depend when we get there. If the Bruins are still in playoff contention, I think every, you know I that. think
1: every game's the biggest game of the Bruins' schedule right now. But
0: so yeah, the, the Bruins, need, the Bruins need to ride a seven straight to average a So kind of the mindset you got to keep. So
1: the the Bruins have, you know, they're they've like lost five straight games now. Five,
0: five straight games,
1: and the biggest starts of this season, they haven't gotten you know, not even not even overtime losses where they get a point out of it. You go okay, even though they lost, they get a point because you know three on three overtime is kind of hard to win. You know it's back and forth. You know sometimes a puck doesn't bounce your way. Like three on three overtime is tough. So if you lose in three on three overtime, you don't really get you don't really get hammered for it unless you're losing to a team like that you shouldn't lose to in overtime. But say you lose to you know the Rangers in overtime, you, you okay you go, okay Rangers are a good team. You lose in overtime, not a bad loss. Or even if you lose to Florida in overtime, you go you know what. They, they just came off a game against New York. They just came off a tough road trip where they, they just, you know, they had some tough losses. But, you know, they battled to the end. They lose an overtime in the Florida. They showed up. They played hard. Florida's a good team. So, you know, it was going to be a, an even game. You go, okay, they lost an overtime. They don't They get a point, though. Now you just look at They lost five straight in regulation. They have, and you
0: hope that they can beat a beatable team.
1: They have six goals and they lost five games. That's horrible. So now I don't even know who they're going to be. Their offensive slowed down. Louis Erickson's nowhere to be found. David Craigie's nowhere to be found. He's benching Pashnik. He's putting Vachano on the fourth line. Ryan Spooner's been a ghost. If Bergeron, Marcian... Char is just Char. If Bergeron, Martian and Stempian are not producing, it's like this team's in trouble. And that's too much for Bergeron, and Martian and Hack to do because they have to play defense and offense now. And I get that that's what you have to do in the NHL is play defense and offense, but Bertrand's out there usually against the other team's best player at all times and now just and to lead on to lean on him for offense to be the number one offensive threat on the team is too much I think for him like I think Chicago does I know I'm looking at Chicago but Chicago does it right where they have Taze as the center of the number one line to be the defensive role you know the shutdown shut guy Kane's on a whole different line for offense so Taze is looked at as if Tate's chips in offensively, great. But Patrick Kane's line to go-to offensive line.
0: And that's what these NHL teams are starting to go to. And this is what I'd like to see the Bruins go to at some point. Is to get that player that can go on offense. And to get that defensive player. And to mix it up.
1: Because you look at Bergeron. And if Bergeron didn't play so strictly defensively. He could be a really good offensive player.
0: He could be one of the best offensive players in the league. But he prides himself on playing defense. Well, look at Martian. Martian's the offensive prowess of that team too. He's but he's a winger, so he's a good fit with Bergeron. But the Bruins need to find a way get these other to change up these other three lines and try to build a sort of rebuild a new core.
1: So, I mean, this team needs looks. They need to do something because they're not very good. They're not in this losing. This losing streak is really showing it that they did the same thing last year. Where, they're fighting for their playoff lives, and seven games remaining. They have, I think, the toughest schedule of the three teams. There, I mean, the two teams they're competing against. So it's going to be tough for them.
0: No, it's going to be tough for sure. And everybody's hoping for them to make the playoffs. I'm going to be out there and say, I hope they don't make the playoffs because I think that it'll really spark this team in the off season. I think big changes will be made, and this is kind of what and this is what I want for the team. I don't feel like re, I don't feel like watching this for a third straight year.
1: Well, I mean, I want them to in just because, I like, like I said to you, I, I like playoff hockey. I like watching playoff hockey. I
0: like, I like playoff hockey too. But I will watch playoff hockey whether well. Oh yeah, I,
1: obviously with, the, with or without them, but it just makes it so much better when your team's in it. I think,
0: but that's. I mean, I'd rather watch the entire Western Conference over the Bruins right now in the in the playoffs. Yeah, that's gonna be a great. That's gonna be great to
1: watch. To be honest, every single series is gonna be great. It's gonna be worth staying up for. It's gonna be absolutely incredible to watch those.
0: So I'd rather watch that over the Bruins. So I'm okay with the Bruins missing the playoffs at this point. I think they should.
1: But I think the Flyers played the Penguins a few more times, which does help the Bruins out into getting into the playoffs. But other than that, both of those teams have way easier schedules than the Bruins.
0: Yeah, and the Flyers still have the two games in hand on the Bruins. So right now the Flyers can overtake the Bruins. The Bru- Detroit has a game in hand too. That too. That's why that Detroit game is going to be big later on. But that's why right now, if the play out, if the if these teams were to play out and win, the Bruins are out. They're out. We're not talking about they're in the division. They're out. If the yeah, if the Bruins don't beat Detroit, if the Bruins, if the if Detroit were to win their games in hand and Philadelphia were to win theirs, the Bruins would be out.
1: Oh yeah. Right now. Yes, exactly. They would be. Detroit's played one last game. Fowler's, like you said, Flyers have played two last games. Yeah, they would be out because of how bad this five-game losing streak is for the Bruins. They'd be out out of the playoffs.
0: And that's why they have to get a point or more against Toronto and New Jersey. They have to, they have to play strong. Against, they have to play strong against these two teams. These are must win games. I think both of them they have to win for sure. And you know, it's I don't think that they're gonna win two straight this weekend. Well, the next two games, I think they're gonna win one. Win, win one of those two. I mean, with the way this team's going,
1: can you, you even say that? I mean,
0: no. I kind of, like I said, I'm rooting for them to lose, so I'm, I'm kind of still hoping they keep losing. This is making for good. It's making for great radio on Feller and Maz.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I,
0: <laughs> I
1: just don't. I mean, I, I don't trust them to win two games. I mean, I, I think they should. They're better. They're a better team.
0: They're supposed to be. We've been hearing that all along. But Corey Schneider's a net for New Jersey, so. You know, with an offense that's awful against a good goaltender, then that speaks for itself.
1: It does speak for itself. But we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. We'll give a little bit of our predictions later, even though we kind of gave a little sneak peek there of our predictions. But, um, but yeah, I just don't think the Bruins are good enough to make the playoffs. I don't. I mean, they should be good enough. Like you said, they should be.
0: But the way They're not. They have four world games against – four world games, right? Four world Two games. Two very tough teams, uh, Detroit and Chicago, uh, Chicago and uh, St. Louis. And how, have
1: they played, and how have they played against the Western Conference this year? Uh, awful. So do you trust them to win,
0: to win those
1: games? Even though Chicago is kinda of struggling right now.
0: But still I just Chicago is not gonna lose two straight to Boston. Sorry. Chicago can come into that game pissed even if they don't have Corey Crawford I've heard is injured. That's why Darling's been in that. But St. Louis, no, they're gonna get crushed. Even if they just St. Louis just made the playoffs, they're still gonna get crushed. They still have something to fight for. And then they come home for three more games after that and they're gonna lose all three because they suck at home.
1: I know. I just don't really see it either. I don't... I mean, Chicago's a better team. St. Louis is a better team. Like we talked about earlier, Toronto's playing better. New Jersey's... New Jersey... Even though New Jersey's not a a very good team, they play... They're New Jersey. They're New Jersey. They play solid. They have a new coach now. They're not quitting with their new coach. They're playing solidly. And they're not, like, they're not, like, in the bottom of the barrel. You know what I mean? They're, like, right below the playoff line. They're, like, 10th in the conference. 10th or 11th. So, like, they're not awful... So the Bruins have a tough schedule,
0: and then they play Carolina, Detroit, and Ottawa at home. We all know how Boston plays at home. I wouldn't even call that Carolina Hurricanes game a win anymore. I wouldn't even
1: call Ottawa a win either. Ottawa has some skill on their team. Ottawa played the, it's the division game against Ottawa.
0: It's the last game of the season, and it's in the morning. The and it's at
1: home, like you said, they're at home.
0: And they and they crumbled last year on the last game of the season when they had it when had in helped too, but they crumbled.
1: They crumbled the last week of the season. Last week, and that's what the last week I was looking up. It's Detroit. Ottawa and Carolina. And if they lose to Detroit, it's even going to be worse. It's
0: over if they lose to Detroit. Done. But it's it's, it's going to be over before that. It could be, but... If they lose if they lose tonight, find me an argument that says that the Bruins are going to come back from that.
1: I, I won't. I, I won't be able to do that.
0: Nobody will be. I won't be able to find an argument to come back from that.
1: Nope. I don't think anyone will. And yet, then you look at them having to beat St. Louis and Chicago. And as you not and I said, happen. it's not. I don't think it's going to happen. Those are two really tough teams.
0: Not going to happen. I mean, with John Michael Lyles out, it's not going to happen. Well,
1: even Michael Lyles, I don't even think he would have made a big
0: difference even if he was in. True. Can't argue that one too much. But with Michael Lyles out, I mean, with Lyles out, it doesn't have the Bruins against Toronto. So, not the way Toronto's playing.
1: Yeah, like you said, they have nothing to lose. They're playing for their,
0: their spots next year on the team so you know it, it really is it really is the changes that were supposed to happen last year happened but they need more they really need to build this team for the future and they need to like rip apart most of that old core
1: all right so I'm gonna say they still hang on to a playoff spot and get into the playoffs you're saying no no but it comes down to this week and let's get into this week Jason they play you know they played Toronto tonight they played New Jersey was it Tuesday uh yes Tuesday and they play St. Louis on Thursday or Friday? Friday. Friday. So those are the three games this week. And like you said, they're all three road games. The Bruins had a home game against Florida. Now they go back for a three on the road. And the Bruins, like you said, have been a better road team than they have been a home team. So I will give them a little bit of credit for that. And like me and you just talked about, Toronto and New Jersey, I believe in my mind and in your mind, they are must-win games.
0: Yes, they're must-win. To make
1: the playoffs at least.
0: I mean, if, if they lose, you have to win both of them. You can't win just one or two; they are both must win. I don't
1: care how you win them. I don't care if you win them in regulation. I don't care if you win them in overtime. I don't care if you win them in a shootout. You cannot.
0: You have to come out with four points.
1: I'll take three. I'll take. I would take three, even though I would. I'd
0: be pretty upset if it's three. But yeah, I think it has to be. They have to be four. Yes,
1: I, it ha, at a very minimum, very very minimum. Even though I'm, it would be three, very very minimum. If they don't get three or four, they're toast. Toast. They're done. I don't trust them. I don't. They would have five games remaining with two on the road against superior Western Conference teams, one against Detroit at home where you've sucked all year long at home, and against a team that you'd be fighting for in the playoffs who will probably, have you know, be playing for... You know, when other teams play for their playoff lives, they seem to do a lot better than the Bruins do. Like, when other teams show up and have some urgency in their game, they seem to, you know, play a lot better than the Bruins. When the Bruins have a little bit of adversity, it seems like, you know, they wilt under the pressure. So... I don't trust them if they don't win these next two games. I don't.
0: No, and I wouldn't. And you know what? Looking at this Toronto roster, you look at this Toronto roster, and it's all young kids. But William Neely is a player to watch out for. He's good.
1: Really good player. Very skilled player. He uh, he was supposed to play for Team Sweden in the World Juniors, but ended up getting hurt. But he's been talked about for years in Toronto. He's very, very good.
0: And one of their other players just came back from injury, too.
1: So yeah, Toronto's a team to walk out for. It's gonna be no. It's gonna be a tough game tonight. It's, it's no walk in the park. Like usually, you no, would, usually you would look at this game against Toronto and be like, you know what, the Bruins, the Bruins should easily win this. But now it's yeah, not. Remember those
0: days back when they had Phil Castle? Yeah. Like, it It's just fun to watch us crush Toronto. Now it's like no, like eight nothing. Now <clears> the Bru- <throat> Now
1: they're trying. They have a, a coach that's not going to let them quit. But it's going to be tough.
0: What do you think, win or loss? All
1: right, I'm gonna say the Bruins. I'm gonna say the Bruins win tonight and Tuesday, just because I'm picking them to make the playoffs, and I know you're gonna. you probably. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna die on my sword, Jason. I'm gonna die on my sword.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I,
1: you're
0: I not can't. Getting... I can't just. Um, I can't be right two years in a row, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, because <laughs> I was, I said this would happen last year. If you read my Facebook from last year, I had posted that they were gonna miss this last year. Well, not the just that, year.
1: but I've been arguing on this show that the Bruins are gonna be, the Bruins are gonna make the playoffs all year round, all year, all season. I've been saying that. I can't just give up now. I can't just.
0: I've, been, I've been back and forth, but from the day one, I said that I wouldn't be shocked that they didn't make the playoffs. So yeah, you, I did you, say you've that. You've
1: always said that, but I've been, I'm gonna die on my sword and say they make the playoffs. I can't just give up now with with two weeks left. Like.
0: And I'm dying. And I'm dying on my sword. There you go. But I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna say one and one.
1: That's what we're gonna I have to do. We have to die on our swords, right?
0: Yeah. I think the loss is gonna be to New Jersey. And
1: I think they're gonna lose to St. Louis.
0: And I th- and I think that they'll get crushed by St. Louis. I don't think that's they're that's gonna the get elite, crushed
1: because St. So. Louis is dealing with some some injury bugs over there. You know, they've had. I mean, they had um. For for a little bit. who I think, is still hurt. I think he might just just have came back. So. St. Louis is a little bit vulnerable because of injuries. They've had they've been dealing with the injury bug all season long. But you know you know how St. Louis is though. They're still a strong team. You know, they're they're very, very they have four lines that can play. They have good defense, they have good goaltending, they're a very strong physical team.
0: They play like the Bruins are four years yeah, ago. Yeah,
1: it seems like the Bruins always have trouble this time around because the Bruins aren't as big and physical as teams now. So it seems like they have trouble with those physical teams like Anaheim, like the Kings. So St. Louis is one of those type teams, so I think the Bruins don't fare well against them. So I think the Bruins will battle. I think it will be a little bit close. I think the St. Louis will pull away at the end.
0: I mean, right now for St. Louis, the only players that are out are Alex Steen and Steve Ott. I didn't even know Steve Ott was on the Blues. I
1: forgot he was on the Blues. (laughs) That
0: that little dirtbag. Right? He's gotten better, but he was a dirtbag a few years ago.
1: But yeah, St. St. Louis is a good team. Tarasenko, Schwartz, Backus. You know, the, the whole nine yards with St. Louis. It's no they've been on the same team for quite a few years now. They're very, very skilled, very, very good, very, very heavy. So that's the thing the Bruins are gonna lose.
0: I'm going one and two this week. and, I'm gonna, the say, last two and I'm gonna
1: say two and one and it'll bring and hopefully the two and one record brings us right up.
0: Yeah, I was wrong last week. I went where did I go? Two and one last week? Yeah. Is that what I said? And I was wrong. I should have just gone 0 and three. Yep. Alright, I should've just been a jerk and said it. Yeah. So now I'm sticking to my gut.
1: So I'm hoping they go two and one, and that brings us to next week, and we talk about the Chicago matchup, and you know go from there for the last week of the season. So the Bruins only have two weeks left, so it's gonna show us what they're made of right now.
0: Yeah, if they if they lose, it's gonna make for an entertaining radio. That's all I'm gonna say.
1: Entertaining gonna radio, fun. entertaining podcast, entertaining articles. It's gonna be fun.
0: Yep. Now, who's watching the Marshm Ah, uh, not Marshman. let the uh, Frozen, Frozen Four.
1: Yes, the Frozen Four. I remember I told you I wanted to get. Started last night. There was a few games last night. Um, North Dakota played Northeastern. North Dakota ended up beating Northeastern six to two to win the first one. Michigan played Notre Dame. This game was great. It was back and forth. Michigan ended up winning in overtime. So uh, Bruins fans, Andres Bork, the prospect out of Notre Dame is now eliminated from the NCAA tournament. So if you hear his name with him signing with the Bruins or so, that's why, because his college hockey season is now over. So guys' name, keep an eye on Anders Bork. He's the leading scorer for Notre Dame. Uh, Providence defending champion Providence College Friars lost in double overtime to Minnesota Duluth. So there will be a new crown champion this year in the NCAA hockey. And uh, Boston College beat... Um, Harvard and two local teams playing. Boston College won 4-1. to one. Brian Fitzgerald, I think, was one of the better players on the ice for the Eagles. Another Bruins prospect there, so keep an eye on so him. Now for the a... So now, uh, excuse me, sorry. BC will be playing Minnesota Duluth, and the winner of that game will be going to the Frozen Four. North Dakota and Michigan tonight. If you don't have any plans tonight around 6 o'clock, this game's going to be a treat. North Dakota, Michigan, for the Frozen, to battle to go to the Frozen Four. This game's gonna be absolutely great. Both teams are phenomenal to watch. If you don't have any, if you have if you have time on your hands, this will be great to tune
0: into. Yes. No. Which game did you say again tonight? North Dakota, Michigan. Oh, that okay. Okay, that's right. That's for that's for that is tonight, isn't it? Yeah. Six o'clock. Six o'clock. Okay, I'm gonna be watching that game for sure. But there's a lot of other games tonight too. You got Saint Cloud State and Ferris State. You got Corner P. I can RIT. You have um. Denver and Boston you that's gonna be a good
1: that's game be a too. good
0: game see that again that's gonna be a great game too oh yeah that's gonna be the game to watch you got UMass Lowell Lowell and Yale another good game and then you have mass versus Boston College tonight
1: yep so I'm telling you there's, there's gonna be there's two games that there's two games to watch out for to go to the frozen four there's four games to Decide who plays in there. The finals of the you know the four team brackets and the two other games we played Sunday tomorrow to see who else goes to the Frozen Four. So if you if you like hockey, there's, there's a whole slew of college hockey on. So tune into that if you have an opportunity to do so.
0: Yeah, I'll be watching that all day today. That and uh, the Elite Eight for March Madness. Yeah. For all of us basketball, college basketball fans out there.
1: Yep. So if you want to tune into that, you can also. Please give a listen to our Red Sox beat counterparts over at Red Sox beat. You know, Jess, Jared, and and Lauren do a great job over there talking to Red Sox. You know, nine days until spring training. I mean, until spring training's over and the season
0: starts, and nine. Yes, and you know things are getting interesting. You know, you get that third base battle between Travis Shaw and Pablo Sandoval. Yep,
1: they have the the fifth star up for grabs with you know Erod being on the disabled list, so. They'll discuss all the Red Sox you got the, stuff.
0: The, you got the Red Sox looking at what looks like James Shields.
1: Yeah, so you know there's a bunch of stuff going on with the Red Sox. So if you have an opportunity to listen to the Red Sox, beat our kind of parts over there, please do so. They do a great job covering the Red Sox. Also, please go to our website clnsradio.com where they have a bunch of Bruins related news and Red Sox news and every other news that you want about sports. Clns Radio does a, clns.com does a radio.com excuse me does a great job of covering all sports. So please check us out. Also, you can. So Jason is saying 1-2 and two this week. I'm saying 2-1, and one. knowing the Bruins will probably be 3-0 and o or 0-3 because they can never, you know, make up their own minds. But we'll wait and see, and we'll talk to you next week. And next week will be an interesting show because next week will be the last week of the regular season show. And it will be the deciding factor of whether or not the Bruins are in the playoffs or
0: out of the playoffs. So great show on tap. It, next it won't be getting rid of us if the Bruins don't make the playoffs. We'll still be doing this, and we will be talking playoff hockey.
1: Exactly. We'll still be talking about Yes, we'll still be on the – doing podcasts and stuff, so don't worry about that. But it'll just be a great show next week or the week after to see if the Bruins are in the playoffs or not. But um, He's Jason. I'm Mike. Please follow us on Twitter at JasonBuckley91, at of 22 We always tweet about Bruins stuff. Our podcast is mostly – it's most of the stuff we tweet about, to be honest, and then here and there we'll we'll, we'll dodge into all other sports. But mostly Bruins-related stuff, please give us a follow. Also follow us on Twitter at Bruins underscore beat. Like us on Facebook, and also you can catch us on uh, iTunes, right, Jason?
0: Yes, you can catch us on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, Bruins Boston Bruins Beat Podcast is where you'll find us.
1: There you go. Please like us and download us. Do whatever you can. Uh, usually, I end the show by saying "Go Bruins," but this week I want to say "Go
0: Bruins." What? Uh, yeah, just "Go Bruins." <laughs> Keep, it Keep, it <laughs> Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Go Bruins. We'll talk to you next time.